The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places, and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at LatitudeOutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear, and good luck this season. I See Your Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. Welcome to Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey, where we look to the ancient paths of our hunting ancestors to guide our future, where woodsmanship and hard work outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who have gone before us and welcome those who are yet to come. Join us as we exchange valuable insight about the Bear Bow Hunter's lifestyle. Well, we're here today with Jerry Goins, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, traditional bow hunting, bear bow hunting, and photography. And uh, one of the questions that uh, I, I asked Jerry from the get-go is, where's true love lies? Because sometimes it's in photography, and sometimes it's in uh, traditional bow hunting, and we've done both together. So without further ado, here's Jerry Goins. Uh, Jerry, um I'm going to ask you that quick question, and then we'll get to some of those that are on on the uh, Barebow Hunter uh, forums. And the first question I'm going to ask is, uh, which one is is probably your your biggest passion? Is it photography or is it uh, traditional bow hunting? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one too. By the way, <laughs> it's both of them, um, just not usually at the same time. <laughs> Although we've tried. <laughs> yes. With, yes. Uh, with varied success, I might add. But um, I uh, obviously love both. Both are a passion. And sometimes when I'm out hunting, you know, some photography will present itself. Uh, but usually not the other way around. <laughs> and uh, if that makes sense at all. Um, but when I'm hunting, I'm hunting, and occasionally I'll, I'll see something, and if I'm not in actual hunting, you know, I'm not stalking, or there's animals close by that I know of or whatnot, I'll stop and take the photo. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm hunting. But then I also love to get out with just my cameras as well and spend time photographing. Yeah, yeah, and I... I've, uh, personally, I think they both go together. Um, but last year I, and, and it wasn't so much photographing. Uh, it was a lot of that, but at the same time I was doing a ton of videography and, um, it's really hard when you got bulls coming in and you got your bow on your back cause you're videoing and, right. You know, I, I, I don't Another know. Another ball game and it's, it's really tough 
uh, to do that. You know, I've tried to do some video of when I'm hunting alone and it just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it's very hard, but the photography, I mean, we did some, uh, in fact, I think you got a cover shot or a couple cover shots now when we've been out hunting. Oh, yeah. just yeah. it was a good time to stop take a photo it didn't take that long uh it's not like setting up for video right right you snap the photo and you move on you know um you're in a really scenic place or the light is gorgeous or whatever and and you know that said if i had a bull bugling <laughs> uh and i was moving in on him i don't care what the light's doing i don't care what the subject matter is i'm single-minded and that's to get after that bull right right yeah i i I feel the same way too but you know when the right light comes the the, that happens as well you know when the right light comes you see that too and and you go um and you look at it and then then all of a sudden you're like oh man that that backpack's coming off and i'm getting the camera out right like i say if i'm not actively pursuing an animal it'll happen Definitely. I mean, a majority of my uh, outside cover photos uh, are just that. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I, so it's, it's hard. We can't really, I can't really put a, a, you know, one over the other. I think it's just different timing. Right. Exactly. And I think it does go together and it's, you know, it's really nice to carry a camera in the woods mainly for my kids and for my grandkids, you know, down the road. So. Sure. Well, well gotta... absolutely. I, I always have a camera with me to capture memories. Yeah. Yeah. That's never, that's never an issue, but I mean, just to, to, I'm talking about to, you know, serious photography to get in there and set up, the, right. set up the, the shot in the, in the perfect light, get the tripod out, you know, check your composition, all that stuff. That isn't snapshot time. That, that's, that's true. Yeah. Taking some time to to uh, set things up correctly, and to me, that's totally different from capturing memories. Sure, sure. Yeah, and and your work really shows it. Actually, <laughs> thank you. You know, I I don't know how many takes you got. There's that that one um, that that one cover that you did. I think it was last year. It came out. With the little tent and the mule deer horns and and you kneeling beside it, right. That uh-huh. that is one of my favorite prints. You know, the print that I have of yours was my favorite print until that one came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I have both of those up on my wall right now. <laughs> we must have the same taste or something, but something like that. But yeah, not only that, that print's kind of special too because um, you're on your way down here. So you, you stopped over there, did that print, and you're and you're going to fish with me, and we fished the next day. So, and then you were able oh, yeah. to show it to me before it was actually processed, and uh, you know, show me the all all of what went on with it, and I, I that was really cool. So I need to get that print on my wall. Yeah, that was that was a a great time fishing. We caught some humongous fish that was just a great weekend yeah oh yeah good times you know and so whenever i see that cover that's what i think of i think of those good times i think we almost i think we were all also looking at the drainage that weekend that we'd been fishing that or that we were going to hunt mm-hmm. yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah so and then we hunted hunted up in there um it was pretty pretty fun time 
Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little mean, wasn't it? <laughs> Five miles in, clear up that yeah. drainage, and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least my camp was nice. Camp was nice, <laughs> but uh, knees and back, it was a little brutal. Yeah, just getting you in there. Uh, you know, once we got in there, and then it, it turns into a big bowl in there, and and the the bowls for some reason were. Like they like to get at the top of that bowl, the bowl up there, and and then for some reason they always stayed on that other side of the creek. And we tried calling and calling for a couple of days on them, and you know as dry and hot as it was, they were only calling, they were only bugling early in the morning and late in the evening. So that meant that we stayed up there until dark. So it was another three miles back to camp after dark. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But, still a fun time though. Oh yeah, and we still finally got into bulls. You know that that was the cool thing about it, is we finally got into him. Um, but it took you having to go up that narrow little ravine, and I got that on video. It's gonna go. It's gonna show up in one of our videos one of these days. <laughs> I hope it's a good clip because I'm not going up it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll go back in there again. I, I went in there this year, and I thought, man. What am I doing? If I shoot one down in here, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be quite a while before I get it out, even with mules. So, right. And, uh, yeah, but it, it's a neat place, you know? Yeah. So let's field oh, yeah. some of these questions that they got on, on Facebook, on the Barebow Hunter group on okay. Facebook. If you guys aren't on Barebow Hunter group, you need to be, it's a lot of fun over there. We're, we have quite a few people uh, posting a lot of things. Man, there's some good shots on there. Have you noticed that? On oh, no. the uh, Facebook site? Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. some of those videos those guys are posting, it makes me feel like, wow, those, some of those guys could shoot. Right. Exactly. Well, here's the first one. This is from Val Jackson. And uh, we'll give, okay. give you a little bit of a time to answer it. But what inspired you to become a photographer? Is is there a certain camera you would recommend for a guy that or a gal um, to throw in their pack on a hunting and fishing trip? Okay, the first part of the question was uh, in high school, I had all all the credits I needed to graduate. So in the spring of my senior year, I had a choice between calculus and art. So I took the art <laughs> class. Of course, and um, it was. Uh, photography was part of it and they had a dark room there and the first time i was developing a print and it came up in that developer the image came up in that developer i was absolutely hooked hmm. and man, i just jumped in with both feet and that was back in 1973 cool so i've been at it uh ever since cool cool a lot of change over those years huh lots of change over those years <laughs> see uh First, uh, my first camera was like a $50 pawn shop, Practica, with the screw-in lenses. And then the first weddings I shot uh, a few years later were just, you know, a single film body with a 50-millimeter lens. And uh, now it's it's just crazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, back then you had to, it was all manual. There wasn't any automatic camera. So you had to learn everything, you know, how that camera works and, and all the adjustments and how it affects the other adjustments and whatnot. And I think that's been a huge advantage uh, to do that over 
now just buying a camera, you just put it on P and shoot it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I I I started a little bit with a, <clears throat> I took one of those online, or not online, it was, it was a correspondence course back then, and I'm kind of glad I did that, and I had a manual camera, you know, there was no P on it, it was, you had to set it up, and I'm, right, exactly. I'm glad I did that. It, it, you know, I wasn't a very good photographer back then. I didn't know how to set it up. I, I knew kind of the mechanics of it, but there's a art plus mechanics in photography, and you got to get that eye. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you've had over, over 40, I know, over 40 covers in TBM and then PBS and others. And right. Well, I think... And, and I want to get back to the second part of his questions. I oh, think sorry. it's important, but <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm on 46 published now, uh, with TBM and, uh, the 47th is, I don't know when it's going to come out, right. um, but, uh, he paid me, so I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'm working, you know, I just keep going at it when I, when I see something or if I think of something to set it up, then. Then I do it, and I really enjoy it. Uh, traditional archery and photography for me, you know, marrying two passions together was pretty easy. Yeah, well, it and, sure shows. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it shows. I think everybody, you know, that's seen your work could say that too. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. you know, I was a lot a huge debt to TJ for giving me the chance to begin with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When the magazine first came out, I after I got the first issue came in the mail, I called him up and, uh, we probably talked for an hour, you know, and I was just asking him, what is it you're looking for in the covers? And then it went quickly into bow hunting mealies and, <laughs> you know, uh, and so once I knew what he was looking for, right. And I sold him my first cover just a couple of months later in, in 1990. Wow. Well, I won't even tell you what I was doing in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you're probably in high school. But, I just got um, out, yeah. Yeah. Actually, so, I bought the I bought the um, original traditional bow hunter, the, the first one. I bought that one because I, I switched over from uh, compounds. I, I was shooting a compound at those times, and I, I just couldn't shoot the thing. And I remember when I was a kid shooting a compound and – or a uh, – stick bow and my grandpa had them and then so it was kind of funny that uh that that came out because it was right at the time when i was switching over right well it was it was exactly the year 18 1989 was exactly the year that i switched to traditional so the timing was perfect it worked out well yeah all right yeah. the second part of that question how about a camera what would you uh, suggest I, you know i really like the little can you know everything these days is good um i when i went to my caribou hunt in quebec i carried a canon g1x and i bought it because it was small but it had a large sensor and the imagery out of that little camera is is phenomenal uh i think i uh sold two covers from that trip hmm. and uh of course all the images that were with my article were taken with that camera because it's right. the only camera right. I took. I there was a weight limit on what you could take in there, and so that was a sacrifice I had to make. Uh, 
but uh, it, it's got a, a much larger sensor than the other small ones and does a great job. Yeah. Uh, and it fit in my cargo pants pocket. So it was <laughs> always there, always ready to take a photo. I, I didn't have it buried in my pack. And I think that's key. Don't bury your camera in your pack or you won't take photos. Right, right. And, of uh, course, these days with like a Samsung 7 or the, the new iPhones or whatever, yeah. you've got a camera right there. and You know, it's the best camera to have, I guess, is the one you have on you. But, right. Um, oh, and that, that uh, G1X is for sale on eBay right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> throw that little plug out little there. little plug out there. So if you, if you want yeah. one that's been to Quebec and you know that works, go to eBay. <laughs> yeah, Look up Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm selling it because I, I got the G1X uh, Mark II because it has a, a little wider angle lens right. on it. Right. Um, but the little Sonys are good. The little I mean, they're all good. They're right. all good these days, and it's really hard to go wrong. It's not like in the early days of digital when a lot of them were horrible. Right, right. Yeah, if I could throw out there, you know, um, I just – I just got the 7 Plus, the iPhone 7 Plus, and I'd put this thing up against, you know, some of the some of the uh, pocket cameras. I it would go above and beyond some of the pocket cameras. And then if you if you really want to get fancy, they build limbs, li- ah, excuse me, lenses for them. And uh, you could get some right. of those lenses and you could do a lot with these things. I've actually done a lot with my Samsung's down the down the line and this one's quite a bit better camera than my Samsung. Wow. Yeah, because my Samsung Seven is quite good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's amazing. It actually has a telephoto lens on it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the for me, it's like I, I gotta have a camera that shoots in RAW. Um, iPhone Seven. For uh, well, the Samsung does too. Oh, does it too? Yeah, because I, I, want to do all the processing sure. myself. But that's something that probably most people listening. Sure. Uh, don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm just right. I'm hit I'm just hit a rabbit hole there. So uh, <laughs> let me get back on track. That's all right. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get to the other question. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You know, Longbow Dan asked a question. He says, "What's the biggest uh, change in the trad community that you've seen over your years, and was it good or bad?" And I think we're going to do a whole podcast on that. I think we'll leave that alone, Dan. Yeah. That's a half an hour segment right there yeah and you know i'm gonna ask tj that same question though that's part of what i wanted to ask tj as well um you know he had his he had his thumb on the pulse of traditional archery for man over 25 30 years um even 30 years more so than we do you know Mm -hmm. so yeah so so we'll move past that one sorry nan but uh that's a whole podcast (laughs) right exactly so Love to answer it, but just not right now. Yeah, yeah, and we will. We will. Um, maybe we should get Dan on when we answer it. That'd be kind of fun. Okay, what's the most unique place you've ever photographed? Unique? Yeah. I would have to say and that was Tyler back. Hayes. Sorry, that um, was Tyler Car- Hayes. Caribou Hunt. Um, it was, you know, totally different up there. Yeah. And the memories I brought back from that hunt, uh, you know, I don't know that I'll ever get to go on another guided hunt. That was kind of a retirement gift to myself. And, uh, I mean, I've got, I'm looking at two 16 by 24s on my wall now from that trip. Uh, just incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Having all those caribou around. I mean, capturing 
being up close and capturing caribou with a little point and shoot that doesn't have a long zoom lens was <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and the that you know the one photo of the caribou coming out of the the river there was awesome. Yeah, that was thanks to the guide for motoring me over there. They were crossing as we were going fishing, and uh, he motored me over there so I could get that shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite shots too. And I, you know, um, that was right before I met you that that I read that article and saw those shots, and and it just sparked my interest in going up there. I I would love to go after i've been after caribou you know in the coast guard i was we we did a lot in the alaskan chain but nothing like that no and and if you're going to do it you got to do it this year because quebec is closed the government is closed to sport hunting after this year yeah that's what i heard and i'm not going down that road either because it's (laughs) kind of political (laughs) yeah oh i hear you i hear you now there's another question in pbs's uh in in their forum uh, okay. Do you have that up? Uh, John Simon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and I think we covered some of this. He says, uh, I'd like to know how Jerry separates hunting from amazing photography. Uh, thank you, John. I appreciate that. Um, and we kind of covered that. Uh, and how do I decide to grab a bow versus a camera when the moment of truth is approaching? When the moment of truth is approaching, the last thing on my mind is a camera. Uh, frankly, if I got an animal coming in and I'm, uh, I have a chance to take him, I'll worry about the camera later. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully for a, you know, grip and grin. Yeah. Uh, that's why you got a buddy there. (laughs) Excuse me. That's why you have a buddy there. So he can take the photos. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it is, as he said, it's extremely difficult to do either one, uh, together more complicated to do them at the same time and yes it really is but no moment of truth it's the bow all the way cool cool yeah yep now i I got a couple other questions um but i I got to tell a story a story about jerry um and you're probably not gonna like this story (laughs) (laughs) so uh We'd, there's a bunch of us in camp. It was in 2014, I think, and a bunch of us in camp, and, and we'd just been giving Jerry a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, oh, jeez, <laughs> a, a, a bunch of a hard time about him being a big shot because, you know, he's got covers on the traditional bow hunter magazine and stuff. And if you know Jerry, you know that he, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't use any of that as like a status thing or anything else. But we, that's why we were messing with him, of course. Anyhow, so we're sitting there. I, I mean, this is not a lie at all. Jerry, you could attest that this is not a lie. Out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere. So we're sitting there around camp, uh, and uh, we've been teasing him. I mean, that day, it, it just 15 minutes before this 15 happened. 15 minutes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we've been teasing him there about being a big shot because, you know, all the stuff that he's put on, on traditional uh, – Bowhunter magazine and, and bowhunting magazine and all this stuff and and uh, so all of a sudden we hear this guy coming up the road and we're part we're camped right at the end of the road right behind us is the wilderness and it's a big big pickup comes up there and this guy gets out and we're he's asking you know hey have you seen any elk and of course we're like no and I killed an elk not too many 
days before that. And he tried not to give him our, our spot. And he goes, there's no elk up there at the wallow. So then we're like, uh, he knows, he knows all about this place. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, there's a few elk in here. And, uh, anyhow, he says, he looks at Jerry and he goes, Hey, aren't you Jerry Goins? <laughs> I'll never, I'll, I, I'll never forget it the day I live. And the first thing all of us do is look at Jerry and said, see, we told you so. <laughs> you remember no. that, Jerry? Oh yeah. You never miss a chance to embarrass me. <laughs> Ever. Uh that wasn't that wasn't uh that wasn't an embarrassing thing that was a good thing but we we did get into some elk later that that week didn't we uh-huh yeah yep so one thing i was going to ask you too jerry while i got you on the on the phone here is um what got you into uh traditional bow hunting what got me into it yeah is that what you're asking? Yeah, you broke up just a little. Oh, um, did I? Well, I, I'd rifle hunted for. I, I didn't. I wasn't raised in a hunting family, and I was in my oh mid twenties. I decided I wanted to start hunting. My grandpa hunted, and I'd gone with him once, but he he lived 400 miles away. And um, so I got into hunting. Uh, thankfully, Boyd Iverson took me under his wing. We were in the same Bible study, and and taught me a lot about blacktails. And I killed a few blacktails. And then uh, in 1985, I went mule deer hunting in southeastern Oregon. And opening day, a big three-by-three muley racing across a sagebrush flat about 125 yards away. Someone had kicked him up. And uh, I dropped him right in his tracks. 45 minutes into the season. Yeah. And I looked down at my gun and <laughs> I looked out at him and, and I looked down at my watch and I thought, well, he didn't have a chance. The deer didn't, it didn't have a chance. Right. So and my season's over and I, and I was really getting into hunting and enjoying the time in the woods. So uh, I decided to start bow hunting. I wanted more of a challenge Right. And uh, I bought a compound in over two years, uh, two or three years. I probably missed a dozen animals, uh, misjudging yardage, picking the wrong pin. And you got to remember back then, a fast compound was 210 feet per second. And uh, I remember as a kid, I, I had a little Ben Pearson jet, all fiberglass bow, 30-pound bow I got at Bymark, mowing lawns, you know, and I would remember shooting birds out of trees with that. <laughs> so I went to, uh, I lived in the, in, at the time, Dave Dorn lived fairly close to me. So I went to Dave Dorn at, at Archery Pass and I bought a Howitt Hunter. And that year I went out and the first animal, or the first arrow, excuse me, out of that bow at an animal I killed. Cool. And that was 1989 cool. and I was hooked and yeah. I haven't looked back. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I like that. I like asking that question because your story is so good, you know, and it shows that you like hunting, you know, that, that's right. the whole thing, you know, you like to hunt. And, uh, I exactly. think that's why a lot of us have done this. I know that's why I've done it. Right. You know, 
I, I like to, I like to hunt and, and I like to hunt over kill. Um, don't get me wrong. That's right. what we're out there for. But the hunting part is, is absolutely amazing. And you know, what really got me into it were what the fact that, you know, there's elk bugling that time of year is really what pulled me into it. Right. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and being in you're of Western Oregon as well. So, you know, I mean, once bugling elk's over, you wait a month and then you've got the running blacktails. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, the season used to start a lot earlier in November. Right. Uh, we've kind of gotten hosed on that over the last few years, I think. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, too. we can hunt for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't kill too many animals. We still can't. Right. Uh, like some states uh, allow, I don't know how many deer a day sometimes. But, yeah, I love the hunt. Love being out there. Love chasing. The the kill is absolutely the icing. Right. Right. But the cake is hunting. Right. And, you know, and the traditional bow keeps you in the woods longer. It really does. Oh, yeah. You know, when you, you know, I, I hear guys shooting elk and whatnot uh, with their compounds at 50, 60 yards. And for us, the hunt's just begun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get a lot of satisfaction uh, out of taking a, a white or a, well, I will with a white tail eventually, <laughs> uh, black tail at, 15 yards, oh, yeah. 10 yards. My closest yeah. is four yards. And I get a, a ton of satisfaction Yeah. Uh, in the anticipation of the shot, watching them work closer and closer and, and hearing them rip grass up with their teeth and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and almost feeling the mist of their breath. <laughs> it's smelling them. I mean, yeah. to me, that's, that's huge. And, and I love doing it with a stick though. I love this simple technology. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, the romance. Yeah, uh, me too. We got Fred Bear and and Pope and Young and Ishi and Robin Hood for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, the aesthetics of a tread bow are just much more pleasing and right. light in the hand. I mean, there's I can go on and on and on about everything I love <laughs> about traditional archery, um, making my own equipment. You know, the whole thing, but. Uh, Right. Yeah, it's it's all part of hunting. Yeah, you know, and and honestly, um, that's why we started this podcast was was to get that out there that, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are kind of the bridge between the original guys that brought this to the to the forefront, and and you're in that in that area, you know, you're you're that bridge to the younger guys that are coming into it now and. So to pass these things on, because traditional bow hunting is just as much about mentors as it is about right. really bows. You right. Know? And, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, men do that. They they pass things along to each other and, and through generations. And I think that's a huge thing that we have to kind of pass on to the next generation as well. It is. And, and now we're, we're starting to touch on, you know, what I would talk about with uh, Longbow Dan's question. Sure, you know. sure. But technology has taken a lot of that away from us. Sure. Yeah. Because they, you know, watch YouTube or hunting videos or, or whatever. And hunting videos, I mean, there's good and bad in hunting videos. And uh, if people are learning, new people are learning from some of those videos, there it's it's sad. It, you know, those of us that that some have considered us old farts from TBM. Uh, which 
I find the remark a little insulting, but also extremely dismissive of of what those of us with years of experience and knowledge can bring to the table. Yeah. How about the thousands of years of old farts? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, but most of those guys are dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know what I mean? I mean, man, there's yeah. guys that we don't even know that were such right. good bow hunters and, and, and fought with these things, you know, and, and to, to dismiss it like that is, is hard on me too. Right. Um, I think it is dismissive and, and, uh, definitely, a lot of these newer people, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm loving seeing all these young people coming in. I think sport. it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. But don't dismiss just because we're older. Yeah. You know, who have the experience and the knowledge yeah. over people who are uh, what I call like the video rock stars or whatever. Right. Right. Um, you know, yes, they have some good information. Uh, brought a lot there. to the sport. Really, they did. You know, they brought they brought a lot of uh, fitness that we needed to get back into hunting. People, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. There's. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm no. saying there's a lot of good there. But I'm yeah. just saying we're, that we're touching on a future bo- just... podcast here. You know that, right? <laughs> Excuse me. We're touching on a future podcast here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I the one we weren't going to get into today, right? Um, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. Right, right. All right, we're at we're about ready to wrap this thing up. We're at thirty one minutes. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up here. And I think we're gonna have to have you back on here. You know, there's too many guys asking too many questions and I think it's a good thing. I think uh and I, I me bringing this forward, I I'm the last guy really to do this kind of stuff, but um, to bring it forward, I think it's just an important thing for the tr- traditional bow hunting community and the bow hunting community that uh, we get some words out there. And, you know, I've read traditional bow hunter since I was just a little guy. Well, you know, high school. And and for me to be able to get that back to the g- next generation, a lot of them like podcast and video and stuff like that. So um, there's still a ton of pertinent information that you guys are passing along and that's what I'm trying to push out. And Good. so I'm glad that you came. I, I, I appreciate you spending the time with us tonight and doing that. I'm glad to do it. Absolutely. And yeah, you want to do another one in the future? I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a series. Actually, you could actually be a good <laughs> co-host. You're <laughs> well, very I'm eloquent sorry. on this thing. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you could be a good co-host. You're very eloquent. <laughs> yeah, but we're 150 miles away. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, but it's working. <laughs> yeah. All we got to do is get another person in here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll work. That'd be fine. That'd be great. Yeah. All righty. Well, I thanks. mean, I, I think you're you're right. I mean, if 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 media is what everyone is looking for for their information, then yes, then we need to get yeah what we know, what we have to offer out to the media. Most definitely. Whatever whatever that is. Yeah. So. Yeah, most definitely. And there's so much good to share, you know, and there's so much good we could learn from the generation coming into it too. I I don't want to take that away because there's a lot. No, it's a two way street. You bet. But we're both walking in it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get going here and uh, thanks for coming and we will. We'll, we'll do another one of these. I'm sure this one will bring up some more questions. <laughs> okay, great. All Thanks, right. Nate. All right, take it easy. We'll see you later, okay. Jerry. All right. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for another installment of the Barebow Hunter podcast. Remember, we couldn't even be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for our public land. So go and support the people that are protecting it, backcountry hunters and anglers and TRCP. Also, if you'd like to see more of Barebow Hunters, go to our Facebook group, go to our Instagram at Barebow Hunters, like us, and hashtag all of your photos with your Barebow goodness in them, Barebow Hunter. We have a website as well. You can go over there, check out the rest of the podcast. We have videos, we have t-shirts and hats. Thanks again. Until then, shoot straight.